Hello! Today we have a very special episode. We have a replay from one of the previous cyber marketing cons, the conference held on by the Cybersecurity Marketing Society for cybersecurity marketers by cybersecurity marketers. We hope to see you in Austin, Texas this year at Cyber Marketing Con 2023. Mark those calendars and get those tickets. December 10th through 13th is going to be an amazing couple days full of education, the best speakers around, hands-on workshops, networking, 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 and of course, some patented cybersecurity marketing society fun. You gotta come and Maria and I cannot wait to see you. Enjoy this episode and see you in Austin in December. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for uh, making it in for the first session here. If there are folks in the back that don't have a lot of stuff around them, if you guys could come up closer... That would be great for us. We got some details up here, and you know, we need the the body warmth. Um, (laughs) We're so excited to be joining uh, you guys today. Let's give it up for um, Gianna and Maria for putting this on. I'm really excited to be joined up here today uh, by one of my colleagues I've been working with for five years now over a number of different companies. I don't believe there's only one Amanda McLaughlin. I believe there's five Amanda McLaughlins because she does so much for GuidePoint, and it's a really big honor to have her here today. What we're going to talk about is channel partner strategy and how we as a vendor and I as a partner marketing person work with this great organization and how that's really helped our business a lot. So this is us. Uh, (laughs) Hello. Is there anyone here who has channel marketing or partner marketing in their portfolio? Does anyone use channel partners or any kind of partnership strategy? All right, good. So my job at Zero Fox is to work specifically with our partners, including resellers, technology partners, and we have worked really closely with GuidePoint. and, and really help drive our business. Mm-hmm. Amanda, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. So, can everybody hear me okay? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay. So, my name is Amanda McLaughlin. I run Mid Atlantic Marketing for GuidePoint Security and the marketing manager there. And I've been there for about almost five years now. Just seems crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, the point of this discussion today is to understand both the VAR and reseller relationship. We kind of want to stop the stigma. If anybody walks away from anything, from this discussion today. We just wanted to kind of be tips and tricks that you can promote and you know establish a healthy VAR and reseller relationship. Sometimes it can be misunderstood, understood much like a classic sales and marketing relationship, which I think happens a lot in sales organizations. And then what is a VAR? So for anybody who you know isn't familiar with a VAR, a VAR is a value-added reseller, offer their services, expertise in addition to solutions provided by solution providers. So guide point security is a cybersecurity solutions provider. We also offer our own services and offerings along with expertise and experience with our SEs, MSPs, and our IA uh, team. So I wanted to just give a little bit of a statistical background on uh, what's going on in the partnership world and why this is something if you're not currently doing it, it's worth considering. I have a couple stats to share with you. So 96% of B2B leaders expect to increase revenue directly to their partner ecosystem meaning they are expecting to invest more over the next five or 10 years. 70% of B2B leaders plan to boost spending on partner marketing support, affecting us directly, right? The opportunities are there. And then lastly, 80% of B2B leaders expect to increase their number of partners. 
So what do these B2B leaders, uh, these executives know that maybe we don't know as marketers? Why is this investment coming? Why is this impactful for businesses like us? When we look at some of the global statistics, we recognize that partnerships are growing and that the world is moving to a place where sales are more and more indirect. It's more relationship driven, it's more referral driven. So 72%, almost three quarters of world global trade right now is happening in indirect manner. We have uh, a company that is selling another company. We have a distribution network where a product is going to consumer amongst all these different value chains. And uh, the benefit of that is that referral customers and referral means reseller, means someone else coming in and validating your product, have a 16% higher customer lifetime value. Meaning that of the total amount that you're gonna be able to attract from that customer in terms of revenue is 16% higher when that is come in from someone else. So there's a huge pipeline opportunity, there's a huge revenue implication there. And this last piece is from Accenture that says that over three quarters of companies that plan to be future ready, meaning that they can endure any kind of hardship, any kind of COVID that might come at us, any kind of changes to supply chains that might come to the dynamics of like the macroeconomic status, right? To be future ready means that they have partnerships in place to help them buffer against that. And now for this week's content tip by Content Workshop. Attention is your audience's most valuable resource. What you're asking your audience for is to surrender their most valuable resource, their attention. There is fierce competition for this resource. Every piece of content you create should take jealous care of something your audience will never get back, their time. Content needs to deliver on the values that you promise. That was another amazing content tip by Content Workshop. Learn more about Content Workshop storytelling services and how they help cybersecurity companies achieve ROI through amazing content and storytelling at contentworkshop.com. And 65% of companies view partnerships as very important and they have an average of about 3.6, so about four partnership types. This is a chart that just came out from uh, a HubSpot report on partner operations, like literally a couple weeks ago. And of that, I found this particular chart to be one of the most interesting. There's all sorts of different partnership types, right? We have affiliate partners that might just be clicking a link and helping to drive leads. Resellers like GuidePoint and others that you might be familiar with. Referral partners, solution partners, technology partners, managed service providers, and your OEM folks who are kind of taking your product and white labeling it. So there's a huge ecosystem out there and it can be kind of complicated, it can be difficult to prioritize and validate which partnership type makes the most sense for your business at a particular stage. So this was a survey that came out and asked what was the most important partner type for my company at this point. And you can see from small companies, the mix there all the way up to large companies, what the mix is. And what I found really interesting is that the reseller partner is valuable at a startup stage and then at an enterprise stage. So a reseller, which we'll be talking about more in depth now, is really gonna help you get the word out about your company when you don't maybe have that huge sales expertise at the beginning. And then as you grow and start to diversify, you might be bringing in technology partners to add to your product. But at some point, you're gonna reach uh, a stage where it becomes more expensive to add more sales folks, to add more marketing folks, to add more marketing dollars, where you're gonna bring in experts who already have access to that market. 
and the reseller channel becomes super important. So we think about uh, where these different partner types fit in our growth strategy. And this is from a Deloitte uh, publication that came out last year that really helps you to understand from a marketing point of view what kind of partnership can help you to reach your goals. So resellers generally kind of fall into that selling ally, but the way that we use GuidePoint is across this whole entire spectrum, right? They are helping to deliver and validate what our solution does. They're providing feedback from the customer to us to help us as we develop our product. They help us go to market with a number of other technology solutions as well. And then it's a whole kind of feedback process that we get from this institution. So we're not just turning over our product and saying, go to market, have fun. Uh, it's a continuous learning opportunity. Resellers help cybersecurity companies scale. As I mentioned, at some point, uh, it becomes more expensive to add a new body to your marketing team, to your sales team. And so we have to use our networks in order to magnify what we're already doing and reach those new markets in a more efficient way. So you're probably saying, David, Amanda, great, that's all fantastic. Uh, I work in the marketing department. I don't have any control over my channel resellers, over what that mix looks like. Uh, the partnership teams over there, they're doing something completely different. We may not have a partnership team. But marketers have a huge influence with your sales team on trying to make these decisions. I said this in the podcast that I did um, with Gianna and Maria, is that channel sales can be a marketing strategy in a way that we think about maybe SDRs being an outbound strategy as well. We have influence. Uh, it's a way for us to generate leads. It's a way for us to move uh, deals through pipeline faster. So you see this as something that you think you can benefit from, it's worth having that conversation with your sales team. If you have a partnership strategy in place already, marketing plays a huge role in making sure that it's effective and efficient. I'm not going to read through all of this, um, but I want to give you a little snapshot of what uh, partner marketing does, right? It can be a little bit of a mystery. So this is a toolkit that we use at Zero Fox, and what we're constantly doing is looking at our different partners and understanding what mix of these different tools we want to use in order to maximize their expertise, provide them support that they need. And we'll be talking a little bit about some of those strategies next. Last two things, and I'll shut up and turn it over to, uh, <laughs> to Amanda. Okay, partner marketing, channel marketing, what makes it different than some of the other more traditional marketing sets that you may have? Everything is important. But to be a partner marketer, you have to have a little bit of a different mindset you don't have full control over that pipeline. You don't have full control over what it means to take a message out and see how that gets to the customer. You have to be patient. <laughs> you have to understand that what we do is in, it is measurable and there is impact and there is ROI, but it might be a little more opaque than you're used to. But that is why we have to think about the relationships that we create and we have to think about the trust that we can turn over to our resellers. So joint storytelling, this is huge for any type of VAR vendor relationship. Basically, we want to make sure that we're putting the best technologies, the best expertise in front of any customer, prospect, or opportunity that we have with the vendor. We want to make sure that we're bridging that gap and we don't look like two separate companies that are coming together for this opportunity. We want to look like we are an extension of each other's teams. Influence and relationship-based engagements. So I think that really just kind of comes down to making sure that reps are engaged, the team's totally engaged with each other, whether it's from marketing to sales reps to SEs. 
um, making sure that there's open communication, everybody's on the same page. And then finding joint opportunities in regions. So me and David obviously bonded over, you know, the, I think the marketing society at first. And we kind of grown our relationship through this experience and through other experiences. We've worked together in previous lives. Um, and then we also sit in the same region, which also helps us. So, and personally, I find, I think women in IT boards and other boards and programs and technology chapters that you can join within region really kind of helps grow any type of vendor or channel relationship from a VAR side, just because you don't realize how many people are actually involved within the community. Value-added reseller business model. Okay. So <laughs> we have quite a few things to get here. So <laughs> identifying new customers, you know, this is determined again by that relationship and engagement between reps making sure that they're aligned on their account mapping, making sure that you know they have the same messaging when they are going forward and that that joint story is really being told. And then constantly driving value for customers. On our website, on GuidePoint's website, it says we are the trusted advisor. So we have to make sure that we keep it tight because <laughs> if we don't, we get in front of customers and our story isn't right and we're not supporting the right technology and we, don't, we aren't supporting the right services we're putting in front of the customer, nobody's gonna trust us again. So we have to make sure that our messaging's right. And then land and expand. So this is kind of, you know, this is definitely, I would say the end all be all <laughs> would be to land into an account and make sure that you're expanding the opportunities within that account. And not only just opportunities, but the relationships as well. Making sure that you are exploring their entire IT team this, from the CISO level down, VPs, IT directors, and you're getting FaceTime with them. Whether you're a marketer or you're an AE, you should always be able to talk to that customer. Adding value. This is a good one. <laughs> um, so again, understanding the customer's unique business requirements. So understanding their pain points, right? And making sure that you're not just understanding the current pain point that they have, but also future pain points and how you're going to bring in the right vendor technology partner for that. Helping customers be more time and cost efficient, again, being that trusted advisor, we have to make sure that we are bringing them the best opportunities, the best services, the best technologies, and putting you know the best foot forward pretty much in this relationship to secure that all companies that are involved in this opportunity, it becomes closed one. And then monitoring vendors for successful delivery. So we are not a VAR that where we get a PO, we sign the PO and we're like, okay, see ya, bye. Um, that's not really our motto. We try to see everything through from, you know, from the beginning to the end. That's kind of what we do at GuidePoint. And a lot of times that's what our vendors do as well. We don't, we're going to go into this later, but we don't really work with vendors that don't support this method. And continually reassessing to deepen relationships. This just kind of goes back to, you know, getting to know the team, making sure that you're understanding their pain points for the future and that you're putting in the time and the effort it's going to take in order to, to win this customer over. What does successful vendor look like to a VAR? Basically, zero fox, no. But <laughs> a functional, healthy solution that meets the needs of the customers. You know, healthy pipeline. Ease of doing business is huge for our vendor community whenever we have a VAR vendor relationship. Obviously, we want everyone to be 100% channel, <laughs> but we know that's a dream. We want to make sure that the reps are aligned and that they trust each other. And if we are bringing in a rep to an opportunity or you know, vice versa, nobody cuts each other out. Everybody has an amicable relationship. We can move forward and do you know, hopefully multiple deals together. That goes with sales rep to rep engagement. Investment to help drive awareness and demand. So this is where we kind of see some vendors push back with VARs. 
We do about 118 events just in the Mid-Atlantic region for GuidePoint. It's a lot of events, it's a lot of investment, it's a lot of time from our vendors, and we're truly grateful for them. We can't do anything without our vendor community. We solely rely on our vendors and our relationships and our customers. Um, that being said, if you are a vendor looking to get in with a VAR, or if you're a vendor looking to kind of expand that relationship, make sure the vendor is aware of your presence in the market, making your market awareness known, investing in that event, making sure that you're having a table at you know a GP sec or a golf outing or or something that has to do with the vendor showcase. Um, that recognition is huge. Size doesn't matter. So David named this slide. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have a few vendors here, and these are just at random. Nobody is ranked or anything like that. <laughs> um, so we have an emerging vendor program that we do you know, great at GuidePoint, um, in my opinion. It's uh, with our vendor relationship management team. Justin Iwan is in, is the director of the emerging vendors program. And he's incredible. And he's put some guidelines in for any vendors that are interested in you know, joining a VAR. And some of the guidelines include you know, making sure that you have at least one to three opportunities. Again, that market awareness. Customers know who you are and that you have strong relationships with reps already that are within our organization. So for example, we have you know, Armor Blocks, No Name, ReliQuest, and App Omni. These guys have been in our emerging vendor program and we've had multiple deals with them throughout the company and in different regions for about three to four years now. And now uh, they're moving over to strategic vendors because of everything that they've done right in the VAR community. They have extended relationships with sales reps. They've put in the time and effort with opportunities. They've put in the time and effort with the teams. They've done intimate engagements. They've done everything they possibly could. And now they're kind of moving to more of a strategic plan within the vendor community. Or, I'm sorry, within the VAR community. Uh, our enterprise vendors, I mean, I'm sure everybody here knows them. Palo Alto, CrowdStrike, Center One, Deepwatch, Splunk, just some to, to name there. But they're bigger names that are kind of more widely known and have more brand recognition tend to kind of be our biggest players. And I'm glad Amanda mentioned some of these because it can be seem really daunting if you just start out with a reseller and mm -hmm. you see names like Palo Alto and you think, oh, I don't know, I don't have that much money to invest. I don't have that kind of brand recognition. Well, GuidePoint and other bars have these emerging vendor programs that are really, really helpful, both from a business development perspective, but also from a marketing perspective. But also that background on how GuidePoint is approaching the value-added reseller model is really, really helpful, I think, because I didn't even know what that was when I first started my first job in partner marketing. <laughs> I knew who GuidePoint was, but I didn't know what were their key drivers. And um, once you understand some of those key drivers, understanding how to use that marketing toolkit to support them, create that market awareness and demonstrate can be really, really valuable. All right, everyone. If you're looking to generate quality cybersecurity leads and opportunity pipeline for your sales team, webinars are the channel you need to be leveraging. Lead Gen webinars bring you real live audiences in your target ICP with engagement you can measure, something other channels just can't match. Actual Tech, an official lead generation partner of the Cybersecurity Marketing Society, specializes in fully turnkey cybersecurity webinar programs with CPLs far below what you're used to. Everyone, I have spent a lot of money on webinars and lead generation in the past. And I gotta say, I was really impressed with Actual Tech. I saw the results of those webinars that they've been running for cybersecurity audiences, and I was impressed with the lead quality and the lead quantity. 
So visit actualtechmedia.com backslash CMS or hit today's show notes for more information. So as uh, Amanda mentioned, right, this is a little bit of a different strategy from some of our other marketing techniques, right? If you're running an email campaign, you can come up with the content, you send it out, and you get that data right back. If you're running a paid ad campaign, you come up with the content, you select the distribution strategy, and you get that, uh, those KPIs right back. With a partner marketing strategy, we have to do things together, right? There's collaboration that's involved. So in order to be successful, we have to think about what the needs of our reseller are and join that and create that into our strategy. So some of the tactics that we use specifically from a marketing perspective to you know, help guide points, sales reps and their marketing team achieve their goals um, is partner sales enablement. Probably all familiar with working with your sales team and enabling them and making sure that they have the right kind of content, they understand what the best products are, um, equipping them to go to market. We do the same thing with our reseller teams as well. You know, we will spend time with them going through the same kind of trainings that we might do with our internal staff. GuidePoint works with 500 vendors, 400? 500 vendors, okay? Yeah. Um, so it's hard for a sales rep to maybe keep up on what's going on with all of those at the same time. So uh, we have to take all of that knowledge base that we have, shrink it down, and make sure that we're consistently providing the best parts of what Zero Fox has or what you have to the reseller, stay top of mind, give them the skills that they have to reach their customers. And then what we spend a lot of time doing, and this is what, uh, how I got to know Amanda, is strategic demand generation investments. So as I mentioned, our reseller partners help us get into territories and into accounts that may be more challenging for us to do alone. So if you have an account-based marketing strategy, your reseller is your best friend. Um, so what we will do is look at what GuidePoint is doing the next couple quarters in terms of big events, identify which of those are in the metros that are going to be valuable for us, and support those, send our reps, obviously drive some engagement around that. Um, but we also might come up with custom uh, events as well with our resellers that are along the ABM strategy. So if we have joint customers, we have a target account, and we know that the reseller has those customers, we will get them together, have small events in, you know, go out for a bar night, go out for a sports game, anything like that um, to really help drive around our key goals. Yeah, and from a reseller point of view, you know, again, I think it's experience and expertise. So we want to make sure that obviously you guys are putting the right people in front of these customers, in front of these opportunities, especially at events that David, you know, has been talking about. Um, making sure that we're just making the right connections between the reseller and the vendor and ultimately having it reflect to the customer. And then also market awareness. I'll drive this home all day, but <laughs> this is pretty much extremely, extremely important between, you know, a reseller and a vendor, just making sure that your messaging is out there, the story's being told, that it's the right story being told, um, and we're in the right events, customer engagements, and, you know, we're understanding technologies as well. Yeah, and so, you know, obviously things that both of us, when we were putting this slide together, I was like, you know, things that we try to do for you is consistent communication and personal relationships and yeah. creating a mutual pipeline. And Amanda said, oh, well, that's the stuff that we would do for you too, <laughs> right? So these are obviously essential, you know, and this is beyond your newsletters. This is beyond kind of what you might send out to your general public. This is phone calls. This is LinkedIn messages. Um, doing activities like this, right? This is a relationships game, very different than maybe what some of us are used to. 
So key metrics for success. How are we measuring the value of our investment with a reseller? So we're really looking at balance of pipeline. Um, how many opportunities from our pipeline are we bringing to the reseller in order to drive business? How many new opportunities, deal registrations are they bringing to us? What does that balance look like? Is that healthy? Is it, is it balanced and, and even? When we make investments, of course, right? What's the ROI of each of those investments? Where are we seeing engagement amongst our sales teams? Again, this is outside of the marketing control sometimes, but are our reps engaging with each other in a, in a valuable way? Um, is there a connectivity there? And this is something that we can try to influence by giving them ideas of how to hang out together, but this is a really key, important metric. Is there uptake on training as we put stuff out, whether it's digitally or have hosted events? Are resellers coming and, and taking that training? And then lastly, are they participating in campaigns that we may be having? So uh, campaigns in a box, off the shelf kind of content that they can share. Um, that's also a key important metric for us. Yeah, and I think from the reseller side, we have very similar metrics as well. I mean, the success of an event investment and making sure that our vendors are seeing return of investment on it and also just the number of opportunities they're getting from either conversations from with customers at events or they're actually closing and winning opportunities which is the end goal and then obviously you know vendor recognition by customers so i mean i was telling david this yesterday we do a ton of events obviously in the mid-atlantic region but we really kind of only extend invitations to vendors that are recognized by customers. So if you're getting our event, we call it like our event menu, um, and you're getting it from myself or other people that are working on the marketing team within the region, it's because our customers have requested to know more about you. And that's why we kind of brings us to the next point, the customer vendor alignment is huge, making sure that we're recognizing the customer needs once again, we're telling the story, and you know, at the end of the day, we want those closed one opportunities in the pipeline. And then, of course, making everyone happy. So <laughs> being part of a VAR is dealing with, um, you know, not only just vendor reps, your own reps, account executives. Um, you're also dealing with the customers and any type of prospects. Just make everybody happy. Try to be as open and communicative as possible. And that's, that's really our key metric for success. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, what we've labeled here is power plays. These are basically some lessons learned. Uh, from each of our sides on what really enhances and kind of gets that engine going. So as we're working with um, our resellers, um, GuidePoint, and don't tell Amanda, I work with some other resellers as well, but um, <laughs> we've, we've understood that you know with 500 different vendors that they're working with, it's impossible for them to understand all of what we offer. Right? And, and ZeroFox offers a huge amount of different um, solutions and services in very different categories. And so we found the most value is when we take some of that and maybe use some of our data to recognize what's selling best and say, here, here's the three things we're really hoping that you can take to market for us this year. And then we, as a marketing team, can put together content, can put together campaigns, can put together training around just three things rather than our whole solution suite. That has really been very valuable, and we've seen a lot of, um, of engagement around that. As I mentioned, we want to al align along strategic accounts first. In most cases, we will be able to get access to which accounts each of our reseller reps is working with. We will have a target account list, and being able to marry those and understand what our top priority accounts are and then go from there has been a really huge development for us as well. And then lastly, making sure that we have clear joint marketing and pipeline KPIs. So 
this is something that we have maybe struggled with internally at Zero Fox, but have kind of put this down now and said, all right, well, with each of our vendor sellers, we need to have this amount of pipeline generated. We will be investing this much and expecting this much from an event, which sounds basic, right? Of course, you're like, oh, well, yeah, we're going to be measuring our ROI. Of course, we do that with every investment. But in a reseller relationship, sometimes those investments are just trying to get in front of the sellers in the first place. Um, so it's important to go in with each of those investments with a clear understanding of what the outcome is going to be. And from a reseller perspective, some of the power plays we actually learned was during COVID. Being a reseller and not being able to get in front of vendors or customers was really, really tough for us. We learned that we had to focus on you know, small groups for vendors' strategic accounts. We also supplemented a lot of live events that we typically would do, obviously, in person, and we, we did that virtually. It actually helped us expand our customer touch points. So we were able to double our outreach with doing these virtual events and then drawing more vendors in and still kind of keeping our day-to-day business semi-normal during the COVID experience. And that's really kind of taught us a lot across the board throughout the entire company, making sure that we can reach all of our customers and some people that might not join a live event or might not you know, have the time, especially C-level executives, can now just hop on a Zoom and do a virtual event if they need to. I know virtual events, nobody wants to hear that word anymore, so I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and then also some of the other things we had learned is you know, metro-focused customer events. Some things that work in Philadelphia necessarily will not work in Baltimore. The Mid-Atlantic region goes from Southern New Jersey down to Raleigh. So if I do a cheesesteak event, a cheesesteak and technology event in Philly, most likely it will not kick off in Raleigh. So <laughs> really kind of have to think about what customers you have in each metro and also what heavy technology is being used as well. And then tailored customer events, just making sure that you're meeting the needs of you know, all the customers, all the vendors, and what they're seeing as high ROI for them. So this is just kind of my advice for anybody who's having a tough time with a reseller relationship, they can't really get through the door. Um, engage your, with your marketing counterpart. I have cadence calls all the time with all of my vendors. We work with 250 vendors out of those 500 kind of continuously just in the mid-Atlantic region. So we tend to have tons of cadence calls just throughout the month, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, depending on what they need. Picking up the phone goes a long way. I know emails, everybody's doing emails or text messages, but hearing somebody's voice connecting that way, hopping on a Zoom, you know, seeing each other, I think it goes a very long way and you connect on a different level. Just being honest and open about your expectations as well for the partnership is another huge thing that I encourage a lot of channel partner marketers to go through. Um, make sure that you guys identify common goals or common accounts, what you expect to see each other from every quarter or at least from the year. And then finding one to three opportunities for engagement with sales reps as well. This is a requirement to be part of a, a guide point vendor program, to be in our emerging program, is to find at least one to three opportunities for engagement. So this tend to always kind of come up during the, the cadence calls I host, um, seeing what's on their radar and what's on our radar as well. Demonstrating trust, that's a huge one for us. Um, and then hosting intimate events. So along with those cadence calls, just making sure that you're reaching out to the sales reps as well on the team and bringing them out for lunches, for dinners, for happy hours, that goes a really long way because a lot of times they're getting pounded from all you know different time or different ways with other vendors and customers and it's really hard to keep everybody straight. So this definitely goes a really long way with our reps. I know that for sure. Hi there, my name is Sean Madsen and I head up digital strategy at Checkpoint Software. 
We use Hushly as our primary demand platform. We use it to remove gates, we use it for our landing pages, and we use it for our resource hub. And it has improved our conversion rate by 5x. So it's not always about the monetary investment, right? Um, working with Amanda has been great. A number of our other resellers have been able to get creative with us and, you know, where we can find mutually beneficial solutions. What are some of the assets and strengths that we have as a vendor? And what are some of the assets and strengths that they might have as a reseller? Where can we find those joint opportunities? So I want to give one example of um, what we did this year that was great opportunity for both of us. Um, as you know, Zero Fox hosts the Level Up Party in Las Vegas for Black Hat, led by Amanda Sobe right there, which is a great opportunity to, we get a huge number of names um, and generated a lot of email contacts from that. It's great visibility, um, but a really, you know, difficult conference, as some of us can say. And so uh, GuidePoint has a number of events there, but wanted to figure out how, you know, they could get our branding in line with this event as well. So what we did was um, do an event swap, basically. They could come and sponsor our event. We sponsored some of their events. This was really fantastic because we had a mutual win, and we didn't have to worry about some of the budget hits and trading invoices back and forth. This is a really simple example, but what is important is that a lot of our reseller partners are open to this kind of activity and some of this um, creativity, if you will. So like David's saying, budget is not always a problem. I know we send out a menu of events, like I have said, and there is a cost associated to each event. Always ask what is the budget or what or what wiggle room do I have here? Because nine times out of 10, we can definitely work with all of our vendors on pricing or a sponsorship fee. We can invoice you in a certain quarter. We can always um, move funding around. Or we even offer event packages that you know work with budgets and we're willing to negotiate those. And showcase your efforts for visibility with customers and provide you know data on their interests. That's, that's huge as well. So uh, I was telling David, you know, the reason why we involve Zero Fox in a lot of our events is because, again, our reps are asking for Zero Fox to be there. So making sure that that message is clear, once again, <laughs> I'm going to keep on repeating myself, um, but just making sure that that message is clear, the visibility is there with customers, it's there with the account executives from GuidePoint, and it's there kind of all across the company to be known. And use your initial investment to demonstrate success and identify where there is overlap for future marketing activities. So that's kind of what I had said at the first point. We can move funding around. We can you know, show our reps like, hey, look, they went to this event and they got three opportunities out of this. This actually fell within your patch. So let's invite them back to another event and we can give them maybe a slight discount or we can build it into a deal, something that you know we can always work with you on your budget. We don't want you guys to blow your entire budget on a GP sec or a golf outing and then we don't see you for the rest of the year. That doesn't help anybody. <laughs> so just you know, some food for thought there. Yeah, and I, I wanted to put another coda on this, the second point there. We were having our conversation yesterday. And as we think about being an emerging vendor, potentially, you're all doing fantastic work getting your name out there, right? You have statistics and data about who's buying your software. You know, what are some of the main target markets? Bundle that up and take that to a reseller and say, hey, there's a viable market out there. These are the folks that are interested in, in purchasing us and see where they can help, right? Like you said, like there's a lot of vendors and they're trying to make their customers happy. So the more that you can support them and bring something new and exciting to market for them uh, is the key. Question for you, Amanda. If you are a company that doesn't really work with resellers yet, um, or maybe are looking to revamp 
your reseller program, like what would be a first step? Um, so a first step would be you could reach out to me directly. So I'll give my contact information to be available after you know this conference, and I can put you in touch with our vendor relationship management team. Uh, again, Justin Iwanizen is incredible. He's on our VRM team. He runs the emerging vendors program, and he has all the criteria that you would need. We don't necessarily turn away anybody. We have a no jerks policy all throughout GuidePoint. It applies to hiring, vendors, everyone. <laughs> so pretty much if you are easy to work with and you're you know, able to, to put your best foot forward with us, we'll put that effort in with you. Everyone invest in partnerships. It's the way forward. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Uh, we're happy to open it up for any, any questions. More in the choir robe, meaning you're preaching to the choir here. Um, but I've seen it go, and this is mostly about sales. I've seen it go from where channel is considered uh, competition who must be iced out to fully embracing the channel and it hasn't really mattered the size of the company i've been i've been at startups and enterprises but what i would ask uh, or for your input is how do you help build a pro channel culture whether it's in a business unit or at a startup or whatever the case may be Ooh, that's a great question um and i can't say that i have the best you know the answer for it um, but I would say what's worked really well at ZeroFox is demonstrating the value, right? The data doesn't lie. Over time, you can see that with the addition, for, for our reseller, or for our sellers at ZeroFox that work very well with the channel, you can see how their pipeline grows. You can see that they close one business in a way that outpaces um, some of their colleagues that are not as channel friendly. So we like to bring that data up very frequently and say, hey, look at um, you know, XYZ seller over here, good job. You know, not only is he working with the channel and going to all the events that they can go to, but he's really driving a lot of business and hit his quota you know, easily this quarter. But it's also a philosophy, right? I mean, we're lucky to come from a place where it's a top-down, channel-first organization, but there is some culture that's involved there. And so from a channel, channel team perspective, you know, we see ourselves as facilitating the sales and marketing teams. We want to be on their team, we're not fighting them, right? We are part of the same outcome, right? If we're all working together, we can see how much our, our outcomes and our revenue. Great question. So from a VAR side, uh, you know, a lot of times a campaign in a box, it's, it's not specific enough to actually penetrate any sort of market. Um, you know, we've talked about segmentation in, in other sessions. And then you have sort of the MDF side. If you're looking outside of events, where are your success stories there as far as using, you know, development funds? That's tough. Um, I think outside of events, I mean... I would say, I hate to you know, toot our own horn or anything with GuidePoint, but we hire very seasoned sellers and they have very long-standing relationships, um, especially with C-level executives all throughout the region. That's kind, of, that's kind of our ammo, is to make sure that if we can't do events or if we can't apply funding, we can always do those smaller you know, rep-to-rep engagement events, whether it's with a vendor and vendors just wanna put it on a credit card. If there's a common account, that they're interested in maybe tackling, invite that account out for happy hour drinks. But I mean, honestly, I would say that, and I, again, I'm being biased, but I think that GuidePoint has amazing relationships with all of their, all of their customers and um, they don't ever not pack events is what, right. <laughs> easier way to say that. Sure, and I, I will add, I feel your pain on the campaigns in the 
box. Yeah. Um, I have tried those year over year in many different ways. Um, and they're challenging. Um, no one wants something that's in a box, right? Um, each of our reseller relationships is very different. Put your marketing colleague and understand what's going to be most helpful for them and maximize your time, right? I've spent many, many hours coming up with campaigns in a box and getting the emails out and putting on social media and making sure that they had everything that they need that just sit there, right? Um, because I wasn't customizing it. Um, so that's, I would be my encouragement is to touch your marketing counterpart. And also ask for, I mean, I don't know if this would influence at all, but ask for a pre-registration list from previous years. I mean, that's what we tend to give as well to show ROI. If we were to do campaign in a box or if we were to replicate another campaign or another event, we'll typically provide attendee lists, you know, we've been going back from, I think, 2018. So... I would suggest that as well, just making sure that you're clear on, hey, listen, I want, I want to make sure that our reps are getting in front of this many number of attendees. Can you show me pre-registration lists? And they should have that. Hi. Oh, this mic is very high. <laughs> um, I just had a follow-up to that first question. So with the companies that are kind of getting into reselling and some that are already established, how do you overcome that stigma of the direct sales versus the channel at the reseller level? I know it's a tricky question. <laughs> I know. Well, okay. So I'll say this. So <laughs> our reps are, um, they love the channel because it means that, I mean, essentially they're not going to get cut out of the deal, right? They're not going to bring you into an opportunity and you're not going to cut them out completely. I think it goes back to that point of the ease of business that we had talked about in the beginning of the presentation where it's all about trust for our guys, really. I mean, they don't pick and choose based on channel. Some of them don't even know if some people have channel or not, but it's really about that that rep to rep engagement. I can't stress that enough. It's really about trusting them and making sure that if they, you know, they don't get cut out of that deal, if they do go direct. If you go direct, I will tell you this, I have seen it go, and I'm sure you have witnessed it as well, not at Zero Fox and GuidePoint, of course, but <laughs> but I have seen it at GuidePoint where reps have spent all this time on an opportunity, they've invested with the vendor, they've bought them in, they you know tend to explore relationships, and they really kind of get, they land and open that account. And then the vendor goes direct and cuts the GuidePoint person out of the account. Don't ever do that. Because <laughs> I have seen it. People fall flat on their face. And it's, it does, it's not a good look to the customer. The customer essentially will end up 99% of the time ditching that vendor with, who had came to them with the original opportunity with their GuidePoint relationship. Because most of the time, GuidePoint owns the relationship. So it's kind of my two cents there. Yeah, no, that's great. And, and from a vendor perspective, right, um, what we like to encourage our sales team is, is that um, think of your reseller partners as your own sales team, right? Um, rather than it's something that's competing. Like, not only you only have so much time in order to do your job. Think if you had a team of three people all working for you, what that might be. Now, of course, there's some initial investment up front in terms of training them, getting to know them, and as we discussed, the relationship but we can look at data and we can um, encourage them to understand how they're going to get access into accounts. That's, that gonna always, that's always going to be our challenge, right? Yeah. For sure. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks again to David.
All right, everyone. Thanks again for listening to the Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing Podcast. I want to say again that we want to see you in Austin, Texas, December 10th through 13th. We are going to have the best time. And if you're having trouble getting approval or asking for approval, check out the letter on our website cybermarketingconference.com. We have a template because of course we do. We're marketers and you can use that to request to attend Cyber Marketing Con 2023 from your boss. As always, leave us five stars. And if you have any questions, send a note to podcast at cybersecuritymarketingsociety.com. Thanks and I'll see you soon.